and I go in there and check the weight to kind of boast, like, see, I'm still under. I go on a scale. I gained all, like, not all the weight back, but I was like, a, at least like a half a pound over. Welcome to Sugar Snakes Takes with Jake Plummer, Rashad Evans, and Mike Slavin. I'm your host, Del Jolly, and we're all part of Umbo, a functional mushroom company, and we've decided to come together to share meaningful stories that get you thinking. Stories about sports, the future of athletic performance, and pretty much whatever we would like to talk about. Welcome, guys. How y'all doing? Hey, hey. Good, good. Well, doing well. Doing good? Ready. Ready to ride. Excited to be here. Excited to be here. All right. Well, as everybody knows, the way we kind of run these to have a real fluid um, podcast, if you will, is we're going to do some stories from Jake and Rashad that we always kind of start with a theme. Then we'll jump into trivia, which currently Jake might be leading the pack. I I don't know. It just fluctuates so much. Probably. And then uh, probably, and then, uh, and then we're going to do some audience questions. So always remember DM us, DM Rashad, DM the snake on Instagram or Twitter, get us those questions. And we always send Umbo products to whichever question we use. So gentlemen, are you ready for today's theme? I was born ready. Let's get it. (laughs) All right. Today's theme is. Can you recall a time that you you made a big mistake before the game that kind of um, just, I don't know, some, some uh, snafu that happened before a game that kind of disrupted it before a fight or before a big game where um, your head was a little bit out of it? Are you talking like something out of our control happens or is it like that kind of a, a moment of like, oh, God, here is ha- it's upon me and I am now having to step into it? Maybe you weren't prepared. Maybe you maybe you did something that kind of disrupted the flow of what was supposed to happen. Um, just kind of something that we're like, uh oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know, like just kind of got you out of your mindset and you weren't gotcha. as focused as you needed to be before the big game because of something you did. So, Rashad, you're smiling. It looks like you've got a yeah. story already. You, you, <laughs> I do. I do got a story. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was cutting weight. I'm with uh, Greg Jackson and Keith Jardine and a couple other of my fighters. We were all fighting on the same card, and we're in the sauna. And, you know, usually I'm usually, like, the last one to, like, cut and weight. Sometimes it comes awfully slow. So – uh, but this time I was really good about my weight and I got it down pretty good. And I was in the sauna the least amount of time and I got my weight down. I was like, like a, a pound under, like a little, like close, to like a pound under. And, uh, I had like another, like two and a half hours before I had to weigh in. So I was good. So, uh, I'm all good. And I'm kind of like, you know, kind of like smiling and kind of talking trash a little bit to those guys who had to still stay in there, you know, like, oh, guys, you know, kind of kind of just, you know, boasting that I that I had to cut weight anymore. And then I was like, I'm just go out here and just chill in the cool air. And uh, and Greg was like, OK, just stay out of that pool. And I was like, why? He said, if you if you go in a pool, you're going to put weight back on. I was like, no way, no way. 
So I wasn't listening to none of that shit. So I'm sitting there in the cool, and afterwards I jump into the pool, and I'm jumping in the pool, and I'm swimming around. I'm enjoying it, man. I'm having a great time. And uh, they all get off. The, they all get out of the, uh, the 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 sauna to check the weights, and I go in there to check the weight to kind of boast, like, see, I'm still under. I go on a scale. I gained all, like, not all the weight, but I was like at least like a half a pound over. So I gained almost like a pound sitting in that dang water. So I soaked it all up. And the worst part about it was when I, first of all, like when I realized what had happened, I was like, dang, Greg was right. But I like damn near almost cried because I didn't have it in me to mentally sit in there and want to cut weight still. So I'm just like, oh my God. And then the hardest part about it was because his weight came in the way that it came in, it was harder for me to cut. It was harder for me to cut. So needless to say, I barely made weight. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's terrible. That's so it just <laughs> absorbed through your skin because you're so dehydrated. It just was like, boom, broken. It yeah, just soaked it right in. Did oh, that impact your fight performance? Uh, no, I still I still fought pretty good, but uh, it, it was in my mind, though. It, it definitely played in my mind. Like I was thinking, like, am I going to gas out here? Because, like, when you cut that kind of weight and then you walk upstairs or do anything to exert your body physically, you feel like you can't breathe. And then the first thing you think is, like, oh, my God, am I in shape? Am I in shape? And you start thinking like that, but it's just your body just reacting to not having enough fluids in it. Do, do you remember who you fought for that one in particular? Um, I do not remember, no. No, I think I think I may have been uh, Tito Ortiz, actually. I'm not, I'm not really too sure, but... Did you? Uh, I'm not really too sure. Did you cut that pound in the sauna, or did you have to work it off? No, I cut it in the sauna. I cut it in the sauna, but I wasn't just sitting there this time. I had to do jumping jacks and cut it off. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. All right. So if you're cutting weight, stay out of the pool. Learn from. Stay out of the, the pool. Even don't even don't even take a shower. Don't even take a shower. Wow. Oh. All right. I wonder what the rate of absorption is. Like if there's a certain, you know, like you said, he's dehydrated. He's like a dry sponge just soaking that up. But very interesting. Yeah, I mean, listen, we'll, we'll go days without drinking. Days without really drinking. Oh, yeah. So bad. Wow. No good. Terrible. No good. All right, Snake, what do you got? You got a story about the time that you may have dropped the ball before the big game. Um, You know, it's weird because like, everything was so lined out before a game and everything, you know, from your wake up calls to the bus you're getting on to when you get to the stadium, to getting in line, to get taped. Everything usually ran pretty smooth day of, uh, I don't recall any major hiccups or anything that I personally did. You know, I was doing everything I could to make sure I didn't do anything wrong and I was prepared, but there was one time the night before a game that was one of the most uncomfortable you know, situations I'd ever been in. It really, it sucked because, I mean, I was a quarterback. So my main thing was like, if I show these guys how to do it right, then they follow. So if we're working out, if I go hard, if we're clean, you know, in the locker room, keep it clean, just set the example as the guy that's kind of the focal point. So I was always on time. I tried to never be late and I really had never been late. So this was like, I want to say my third, maybe fourth year in the league or third year in the league with, uh, with the, with the Cardinals, and we were playing in Kansas City. And Kansas City is a tough place to play already. We know you got to be mentally and physically prepared to go into that place. 
But the night before, I, my dad was in town visiting. He had a friend that he did business with that lived in Kansas City there. And uh, so we went out to dinner. And, you know, you have a time frame where you can go out to dinner and eat. And we drove to dinner and we get done eating. And I'm like, you know, we got to go. Got to get the car. Uh, we got to get back for the meeting. Well, the guy's like, oh, yeah, I got to get the valet. So he went out and valet took like an extra five, maybe 10 minutes that I did not, that I did not anticipate. I'm sitting in the back of the car and he's like driving me back to the hotel. And I'm like, yeah, we kind of got to pick it up. And he's like, oh, okay. So what are you guys thinking about tonight? Tomorrow, you know, what do you, what are you guys game plan? And yellow light. And he like hits his brakes and we stop and it's yellow. And I'm back there like, Jesus, dude, I didn't say anything. Cause it's my dad's friend, but I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm, 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 I, I now know like there's <laughs> no chance. And my, oh, my insides were just like, cause I was, I was mad and I was anxious and I was like scared to go into the meeting late. And here it is. He's just lollygagging, driving. Cars are passing him. And I'm like, you got to pick it up, man. I'm going to be late. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, who, who's uh, the biggest threat with the Kansas City? I'm like, oh, my God. So, any, needless to say, I get there. The meeting's going on. I, I, I didn't even like – I didn't want to go into the meeting. I stood out in the hall. I was so embarrassed. I was so like <laughs> distraught and like, God. I'm late to this meeting. So I finally go in. And of course, you know, the first thing the coach sees you and he's like shaking his head like, oh, man. And so, yeah, there there we go. There was the we got our quarterback showing up late to the meetings after we lost to them. Of course, that was oh, why we lost because our quarterback's late to the meeting. And I'm like, I was late once. That was the only time I ever was late. One other time I missed a meeting because I was sleeping in the training room during camp at the Broncos facility. This one sucked because you had to. You had to get to the meetings on time. And as a vet, we could stay at home during camp, which was like, oh, my God, you could go home at night, not go to the hotel. Unless you were late to a meeting. I'm laying on the training table. I'm sleeping, getting in and out of that nap space. All of a sudden, it gets quiet. And I come to and I look up and there's like, it's it's time for the meeting. It's two o'clock. I take off. I run in. The meeting started. I'm late. I got to go to the hotel now. But I didn't get in trouble. Shanahan berated my teammates saying, how can you let your quarterback stay asleep on the table <laughs> when we got a meeting? Someone's got to be there. We got to be a team. So a couple little funny moments where I, I just never liked being late. I wanted to be on time. But that one time in Kansas City just ate me, chewed me up, man. I hated it. Man, that, that's, that shows the leader that you are in the sense that, boy, I wish that was one of my bigger mistakes in my life. Late to a meeting. I'm late to every meeting, dude. <laughs> no, no but this is like they fine you they don't care you're in trouble but they just take money from you you get fined like 2500 for being late to a meeting and every every five minute increment on top of that you can be late enough to where they charge you they take 100 grand from your paycheck because you missed the whole meeting like oh man that's how they do it it's not like hey jay you need to be in, if you do this again you're in trouble no you get fined it's done <laughs> Ouch. That's one of the most anxiety-inducing experiences, waking up from a nap, realizing you're late for something. Yeah. It's the worst. Also, worst feeling. It was, it was horrible, but I didn't get in trouble. My linemen were pissed because they're like, man, you, what the hell is this? You, you're late for a meeting and we get in trouble? I was like, yeah, you know, you guys should have woke me up. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Those are good stories. Those are good, uh, good reflections on – how to be on time and uh, stay out of the pool and do all the things. Those little intricacies, man, they're important. So thank you for sharing those. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yes,
Well, it's time for another Sugar Snake Showdown. We got some questions for you. We're going to do it the same way we did it last time. You guys just get one shot. The training wheels are off now. So you just answer the question um, and you're going to get 100 points if you get it right. If not, you're getting a big fat zero. Okay. All right. This first question is going to go to Dell. Okay, come on. Let's do it. Please be about basketball. I love basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah, gymnast. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Which gymnast, despite sustaining an ankle injury on her first attempt, courageously completed a second vault, landing on just one foot to clinch the team gold medal for the United States at the 1996 Olympics? Was it A, Sean Johnson, B, Nadia Comaneci? B, Nadia Comaneci. Thanks for the assist, Jake. C, Mary Lou Retton, or D, Carrie Strug. I remember watching this live. It was so dope. This was a, a great sports moment, and it was Carrie Strug. Loved it. Ding, 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 ding. In my Very heart. nice. Carrie Strug, yeah. Yep, nice. Strug. Carrie was left to pick up the pieces. The crowd was on its feet. Carrie wasn't. Just like Mochianu, she couldn't stick the landing. The bad news didn't end there. Uh, Strug had heard a snap. Oh, yep. I remember that. Strug had torn two ligaments in her ankle. In normal circumstances, that would mean the end of her Olympic Games. Oh. Mm. The U.S. needed one last solid vault to seal the nation's first ever gold medal in the team all around. Kerry wasn't ready to go home with a silver medal, and neither was Bella Caroli. He told Strug they needed her to go one more time to ensure their victory against the Russians. She prepared for her second and final vault. All eyes were on her as she sprinted down Death the runway. Run into his meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Wow. The U.S. had their first gold medal in the team all around. Nice. Wow. Amazing. That is the, amazing. The presence of mind, the ability to handle that pressure, not only is the all of the, the team's, you know, hopes and dreams on the line, but it's the first gold medal on the team all around for the country and the mm -hmm. injured. It's like uh, McGregor versus Aldo level pressure. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was dope. I remember that for sure. Thanks for the 100 points. That was a layup. Taking the Stop, lead. Dale. Taking the lead. All right. This next one will be for Jake. What was unusual about the delivery of the pizza that Michael Jordan ordered the night before his infamous flu game in the 1997 NBA Finals, where he led the Chicago Bulls to victory despite being severely ill? Was it A, the pizza had no cheese? B, it was delivered by his high school coach? C, it was delivered by five delivery guys? Or D, there was no delivery guy, the pizza was just mysteriously left at the door? Uh... I've never even heard about this, so I think it'd be funny to see like that there were five delivery guys. 
That's my answer. That's maybe how he got the flu. C, five delivery guys. Yeah. Is... <gasps> oh! What? What? Shot. I remember that game too, man. He was unbelievable. Shot in the dark. Five delivery guys. He got the flu Whoa. from the delivery guys. We ordered a pizza. And uh, when the pizza came, there was four or five guys outside the door. Five guys delivering one pizza. You know, it's very rare that you get five delivery guys from, you know, the pizza place to bring you your pizza. And they're all trying to look in and, you know, everybody knew as much. So I take the pizza, I pay, I pay them, and I, I put this pizza down. And I, I said, I got a bad feeling about this. I eat the pizza all by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. I wake up about 2.30, throwing up left and right. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I get a call. My room, hey, man, come to your room right now. All right, I get into him. He's literally curled up in a ball, shaking. Because, man, find a team doc now. So it really wasn't a flu game. It was, it was food poison. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> food poison. That's pizza. crazy. Well, for one, you shouldn't be eating pizza before a game, Michael Jordan. I'm not. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean. Right? I, totally. Before that's what we That's what we got at ASU pizza the night before the game. But we weren't allowed to have anything that had that much cheese because it causes mucus. I wonder what they did to the pizza. Yeah, who did who did they play? Who who was the nemesis there? And did, how did they not find out who that was? The guy who had a bad feeling about it, though, he really dropped the ball there. You know, he should have acted on that instinct. Should sure should have. Yeah, totally. What would you eat before a fight, Rashad? What could you eat? I'll, I'll, I'll like have like sweet potatoes and like you know those kind of carbs and things like that. I really wouldn't eat too much meat or nothing like that. Yeah, a little bit of Mountain Dew. Mountain little Dew. Mountain Dew. <laughs> Definitely a Mountain Dew. You and Gray Maynard pounding some Mountain Dew before the the big game. <laughs> Had to get my due. All right, Jake Ward. Got it. Points. Now we're on to Rashad. What remarkable event occurred during Derek Redmond's 400-meter semifinal race at the 1992 Olympics that symbolized the spirit of perseverance and determination? A, he set a new world record. B, he finished the race after tearing ah. his hamstring with his father. C, he ran the race in reverse direction as a protest. D, he completed and won the race barefoot. Uh, it was B. His father helped him out. B is correct. Nice with the shot. Clean sweep today. All right. These Thank questions you. are kind of, you know. And now the pain too much. Yeah. <laughs> Let me yeah. walk my boy. <laughs> Dang, dude, that's that's dope. That's a that's powerful dope. moment right there. Yeah, heck yeah. Humanity at its finest. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, great work, gentlemen. This I believe is the first time we've had uh, you know, three correct answers. So you guys 
must have been taking your lion's mane today, brought your A game. So we are going to move on to um, some community Q&A here. And every week we do a question from the Umbo community. So if you follow Jake or Rashad or Umbo on Twitter or Instagram, we're always asking for your questions. And when we pick your question, we're going to send you some free Umbo product. So today's question is from Ethan Wise. Do you have any advice for, for forgiveness in someone's personal life? Do you have any advice for forgiveness in someone's personal life? I, I will go. I will go first. Yeah. Um, Ethan, that's a great question. And it's something that I have struggled with for a, a while. But, but what I've always figured out and what I've always come back to is being able to forgive somebody else is remarkably easier than forgiving yourself. And all forgiveness has to start there. When you are able to forgive yourself, it's easier to forgive somebody else. But even when somebody has done you wrong or you feel betrayed by a situation, there's still this feeling that you, you still have some kind of blame, some kind of guilt, some kind of shame associated with it. So even if you're the victim in a situation, being able to forgive yourself, it, it's something that allows you to, uh, to free yourself and have enough um, distance from the situation where you can see it as is with some clear eyes or with clearer eyes. But uh, start with self-forgiveness. That's good. Yeah, That's good, Rashad. When you say free yourself, it makes me think like forgiveness. If you look at that word forgiveness, it's forgiving. And I think when you forgive somebody, it's not only a relief for yourself, but you're you're giving them something. You're giving them back their ability to let go of whatever they did also. So it's really a karmic action. It's very uh, powerful and it causes a lot of ripples because when you don't forgive somebody, they're carrying that weight with them also. Even if they may not, you know, think about it as much as you or, or you think, you know, they might not be as deep into it as, as whatever went down or whatever's happened where there's a need for forgiveness. But, you know, I've had a lot of situations in my life where I've, I've, forgave a lot of people and i tell you what it definitely feels better than carrying around that that hatred or that energy or that poison with you and then when you forgive when you give that away not only for yourself which you said free yourself because you're giving yourself that also but when you give it to someone else you know it helps free them too from something that may be weighing them down so you know the life is way too short as always people say but like to carry uh, grudges, you know, we, we carry a lot of, a lot of grudges around and it's really good to let those go, whatever your method is, um, find ways to let them go, whether it's burning a paper in a fire or meditating and letting it go or grabbing a rock and throwing it in a Creek or something signify and put some, some symbolism into letting something go. Um, and when it comes back up, you know, there's a lot of tools you can use to Again, let it let it come through you, and then let it go again, and until you begin to you get to where you don't even have to work anymore to forgive. You just was it really that bad? Nah, I let it go. You know, life's too short. Anything to add, Del? Yeah, those are both beautiful statements from the two of you. I love it. And yeah, what's the what's the quote about um, holding a grudge? Is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to, to die. Isn't that kind of the, one of those thoughts, but forgive because you deserve it as well. And also, you know, 
you don't always necessarily need to allow that back into your life. There's definitely a really important thing to forgive and let it go and, and be honest and clear with yourself about it. But um, to welcome them back in, you don't have to do that either. You know, you could, you could set up boundaries that are important for yourself. Uh, but both Jake and Rashad, great, great advice there on forgiveness. So thank you for that. Yeah. I think what you're speaking to there, Dell, is the, the sense that you cannot want to have someone at your table and at the same time not want them to starve. You know, doesn't, and sometimes people confuse those things. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Good analogy for sure. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Good question, Ethan. Yeah, great question, Ethan. Solid. Way to think. Good way to yeah. end. I like these, I like these more uh, deep, deep questions that, um, allow Rashakrates to shine and come out. Thank you too. Appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, another great episode, quick and dirty the way we like it. Just kind of, uh, get you to and from work so you could, uh, digest this, get a little advice from these two philosophers and the team. And, uh, we appreciate it and hope you'll tune in for the next one. Thanks everybody. Peace. Good job. Peace. Peace. Love and mushrooms.